creating cyberspace and welcome to a bonus episode of double density with your hosts Brian and angelo this bonus episode is as a stoner would say a single hitter we're talking about one thing in particular and that one thing is the apple fall 27 keynote in the brand new steve jobs theater angelo you've sat through many more keynotes than i have so i'm going to start things off by asking you how do you rank this keynote in the grand pantheon of keynotes both in pageantry as well as new announcements nothing's ever going to live up to what steve jobs used to do I think the, their uh, pinnacle was the first iPhone announcement, and it was fine. I think they, they tend to spend a lot of time like uh, just talking about their stores and stuff, too. Uh, it's funny, as we're preparing for this uh, podcast, I just checked my email, and my brother-in-law sent me an email saying that you know if it was any other company uh, other than Apple, that like the, you know the way they like self-congratulate themselves and all that stuff, uh, they wouldn't get called on. They would get called on it, and Apple does it. Then, yeah, I guess they they probably will because it was they spent a lot of time on that retail store stuff and all that. But um, I guess they're kind of happy uh, about how their retail stores are turning out. They want them to be a sort of community. But did you get a whole culty sort of churchy vibe at the beginning? Oh, for sure. Everything. So the first thing I think is that like basically like this is the first presentation in the Steve Jobs Theater, and I thought that like. The obligatory opening Steve Jobs quote kind of sets the tone in terms of like a cult-like um, sensibility, I guess, would be the best way to put it. And then at one point, Tim Cook said, welcome to Apple Park, which I felt was kind of like a, um, John Hammond from Jurassic Park, you know, when he opens the park before yes. thing goes wrong. Yeah, it was kind of weird. I definitely agree with you that there is, um, they kind of touch on the five cornerstones, right? So retail, the watch, the TV, and the new iPhones, which we're getting into in a sec. Uh, they didn't no touch uh, um, like desktop as well as laptop computing, which I thought was just fine for the length of it so i think um sort of we can go from like most um sort of un- uninteresting to like most interesting so for me it, it definitely is a time between the retail sector as well as apple tv yeah the retail sector we could pretty much skip over it the only interesting thing about that was that was angela aaron's first appearance at a keynote if i'm not mistaken which is uh which is interesting in and of itself she's She's been there for a few years now, and I think it's the first time she's on stage at one of these big events, which was kind of good to see. She seems to be have a have a good stage pre- presence, uh, and she talked about the stores. But whatever, they're just Apple stores. They're fine. They're actually great. I mean, I, I figure they're the best retail experience out there. Well, they're they're trying to shift away from the, the the nomenclature of store to town square a lot of the time, which I thought was very interesting in terms of rebranding um, the ways in which people plan or they want people to interact with their front facing stores. Yeah, I agree with you, but. Um, the whole today at Apple thing was uh, they they want it to be more uh, than a store, sort of like a community center, <laughs> again, almost like a church. Uh, a little strange, but I see where they're trying to get at, and they're very proud of their stores. And they do, I think, per square foot, uh, make the most money of anything in the world. Oh, definitely. I mean, the things like they're, you know, a lot of them aren't that massive. Like, look at the one near us, right, in Montreal. Not the biggest store in the world, but the foot traffic in there is, is immense. I know. I I know somebody who works there. <laughs> there you go. So next up on the list after retail for us is the Apple TV. So the big announcement today, I think, was um, 4K, which I don't care about. And as you were pointing out, and rightly so, only those who have 4K TVs can you know engage in having 4K streaming. Yeah, and the current Apple TV is more than adequate. The thing I can't get over is that it's still priced the same. Uh, they didn't lower the price of the current Apple TV, and they made the 4K Apple TV more expensive. I really thought they were going to come in with the same price as the current one for the 4K and make the other one under 100 bucks because you can get some really decent streaming options uh, 
for, for very little at this point. In fact, most TVs, most 4K TVs come with these streaming options included. Obviously, you won't get the integration you do with Apple TV, like with the Apple Music and the games and all that stuff. But still, if somebody is budget conscious, they might not really look at the Apple TV. No, for sure. And I mean, the thing is like, for example, like uh, we here in the apartment, we bought a, uh, a TV that's 1080p, but has a Roku built inside of it, right? So that is our entry point into a lot of the streaming services that exist. So I think as we were talking about a few episodes back, unless they start creating exclusive streaming content, there isn't much there to care about for most people in terms of, you know, the way that the Apple TV configuration is currently set up. No, the only thing I took away from this uh, presentation is that, well, Eddie Q is a little awkward on stage, but he's still entertaining. Um, but the other thing is now we're getting that Apple TV app in Canada. Finally, it's getting out of the US and going to a few other countries. Although from what I've heard, it's not exactly uh, groundbreaking, but it'll be something interesting to try. I think it's a very interesting dashboard. I don't think it's necessarily an app. I, I think of it more like a, a, just a dashboard and a collection of, of um, you know, events and TV channels that you're interested in, streaming services that you're interested in, all clumped into one place. Like there's nothing added there right now, right? Yeah, they 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 did. Uh, I saw a few images of some Canadian TV channels we watch, but nothing that great. There's some interesting features for live sports if uh, if that that interests you. Uh, they did show off one game from the same people that made uh, Flower, uh, that game company, which is not what I'm saying. They're actually called that. They're called that game company. Yeah. So the new game is called Sky, and it's available for the TV, the iPad, and the iPhone. Uh, interesting concept, but I don't know if I'd sit there and play it. It kind of reminds me of this uh, Nintendo Wii game called Endless Ocean, where you just kind of like you go underwater and you kind of wander around for a while. Well, I was uh, as I was watching the the keynote, I was wondering, oh, I wonder if if this will come out on something like the Switch or the the PS4, or the Xbox One. But no, it's actually exclusive to Apple on both the TV and the iPhone and iPad. Which I think is one of the more interesting um, facets of the whole like um, Apple TV portion of this is that there's an exclusive game out there for people to play, which you don't really hear about every day in the Apple sphere, right? No, you don't. Uh, there there are exclusives from time to time. For example, the uh, Mario Run game, which I think that was last year at this event that Shigeru Miyamoto showed up and presented uh, Mario Run. It later came out on Android devices, but it was exclusive to Apple for a while. I think it was thought, six months, yeah. Yeah, I think in all the... Like last year's keynote with just having uh, Miyamoto there was way more exciting than this year's. But uh, that's just because I'm a big Nintendo fanboy. Right, did you see the Waz in the audience? I did. I noticed uh, Wozniak and I noticed uh, John Lasseter as well. Oh, uh, perfect. One right after the other, actually. That was, I think, during the watch announcement. And it's yes. uh, somewhere, somewhere in my notes. So let's get into the watch announcement, which I thought was infinitely superior to both retail and um, the TV. Yeah, there's one thing I didn't like about the watch announcement, but we'll get to that later. Um, yeah, so the interesting stuff is that it's grown 15%, 50% since last year, not the actual watch itself, the, uh, <laughs> the, the, the magical the inflating watch. And last year was the number two watch in the world, and I'm shocked. It's the number one selling watch in the world. I don't even know how that's possible. Or is it, I think it's number watch in terms of rev revenue, actually, that's not in sales numbers. Right. And I had a 97% satisfaction rate. So did you notice what Tim Cook said? He said, uh, this is blow away. That's a Tim Cookism. <laughs> he, like nobody says this is blow away, right? Yeah, no, no. It's a weird, weird thing. I don't know if it's from uh, something from Alabama or what, but uh, he, he says that from time to time and it's a bit, it always strikes me as odd. So let's get into some of the more interesting aspects of the watch announcement. And I think the big thing here is that it can now as a standalone uh, make and receive cell phone calls. As a cellular yeah. service. 
I, I think there's a lot of interest for that. Some personally, never really interested in that. But uh, if you like to run uh, and you want to be still connected to the world, it's great to not have to carry your giant phone with you anymore to make sure that you can still get text messages. Last year, they kind of uh, improved the, on the original design by having GPS. And now you have both GPS and the cellular option. Uh, something that was interesting was the Apple uh, video, the, the Apple Watch video, um, which I found kind of neat uh, because people, uh, I guess, email Tim Cook. And I actually shockingly emailed him once because something my watch did uh, made me pretty happy. My kid was kind of freaking out at one point. She was crying a lot. I don't remember what the reason was. She normally doesn't cry like that. And I used the Breathe app on the watch to help her calm down. And it actually worked. So wow, that was amazing. Kind of but yeah, the, so that kind of goes into my next note about how um, they're positioning the Apple Watch kind of uh, not as a piece of like vanity tech, but as a life-saving mechanism, right? So they had that video there um, with all these people who use their Apple Watch for um, life-saving or life-altering for the better um, situations. Yeah, my story wasn't as uh, amazing as those, but still a uh, really cool video. I actually like that. Uh, in terms of their ads, their ads can some, sometimes be kind of hokey. Uh, there were a lot of ads today, actually. But uh, I was going to get that, that one actually afterwards. Yeah, that one was pretty good. That was kind of interesting. It had a really good point to it. And I think that, yeah, they're trying to pivot away from it being a piece of tech to a piece of like everyday life, right? And I think that's what they're striving to make the Apple Watch become because of the fact that like a lot of people view it as, you know, just a piece of tech, like any other piece of tech, but really like they're trying to position it in a way that like it can save your life. And I think it's a very interesting selling point. Yeah, seriously. The only thing I was actually hoping for was that they weren't going to change the form factor because I do like my watch band and I do like my watch charger that i have uh and uh hopefully they i I think they'll be smart about never not changing the band mechanism anytime soon even if they change the form factor of the watch there's quite a bit of room there for them to not have to change it and people have spent a lot of money on these bands and uh i don't think they'd be very pleased if they had to change them so i'm glad that stayed the same so what were you unhappy about with the watch so it was something that they did at the end where I was hoping that they would do like they did last year. They'll have a Series 1 with the Series 2, right? Now, this year, they'll bump down the Series 2 to the Series 1 spot and keep the Series 3 as the top end. But no, they got rid of the Series 2, which makes no sense to me. I was hoping that they were going to keep that one as the low-end watch because I have no interest in LTE. Um, and I did. I was interested in the other features of the Series 2, but now they kind of force you into buying, either choosing between the Series 1, which is essentially what I currently have, or... Uh, going all the way up to the Series 3, be it cellular or non-cellular. So I was kind of disappointed that they did that. So the Series 3 is actually retailing for uh, 329 USD. Yeah, exactly. And the um, did you notice how much the Series 1 is going to cost? I think it's under under uh, like 250 or something. Yeah, it was like two. I think it was 229. I can't. I didn't write it down, but it's it's under 250. And at the top end, we're at 399 with the uh, with the LTE. And I think that's for the 38 millimeter. If you get the 42, it gets a little bit higher, but I mean, the prices at this point, they're, they're kind of going to try and stay in that same range. I think they hit, a, they hit a, a sweet spot there, especially considering how quickly and how well it's been selling now. Uh, so I don't think they're going to be budging too much on those prices. I'm just disappointed that they didn't make that Series 2 the low-end watch and got rid of the Series 1. Yeah, me either. But overall, I think um, Cellular is an improvement for a lot of people. And a lot of people, um, and they've uh, partnered up with a lot of uh, cell phone carriers because the other thing they were pushing was uh, the ability to stream a lot of music um, because there's now uh, uh, AirPod support. Yeah, well, there's always been AirPod support. Now there's Apple Music support. So before, on, on the Apple Watch, you couldn't stream your Apple Music to it. It had to be music you actually put on it. So now... You're going to be able to stream your music 
from your Apple Watch to your AirPods. So it's kind of neat. It's a pretty good thing. Uh, I, I wasn't clear on if it's only the Series 3 that can do this and if it's only the Series 3 LTE that can do this. That wasn't super clear uh, based on the keynote, but we'll see uh, once we delve into the uh, information on the website. Because keep in mind, Brian and I uh, hopped off the actual watching the keynote and started recording. So we're not sure about what's happening now where all the extra news comes out uh, after the keynote. Right. Um, so yeah, this is kind of like a, a, an episode full of hot takes, which I really enjoy doing. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. Speaking of hot takes, let's get into the meat and bones, I guess, of what everyone was expecting, which was the iPhone 8. Let's start with the iPhone 8, actually, before we talk about anything else, right? So two versions, the iPhone 8 and the 8 Plus. Yeah, they they uh, they skip the S for the iPhone Seven. I guess they're trying to catch up uh, to the uh, to the Samsung uh, S Eight and Note Eight. I guess I don't know what the, the the idea was behind there. I think they figure it's a big enough jump now that they've changed the entire case. It's no longer an aluminum case in the back. It's a glass front and glass back as well, uh, with the glass being reinforced. Apparently, it's a lot more durable, water resistant, dust resistant, which is good. For the first time in the iPhones, they have the True Tone display and i'll tell you i always thought i thought that was a gimmick when they came out with it with the uh on the ipads it's not it's really great i, I really like it on my ipad pro so they opened it up with uh talking about things like the 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 portrait lighting which i thought was really interesting yeah that's interesting uh the thing is people use their phones as their cameras now i don't see point and shoots anymore actually that's not true my father-in-law is here visiting and he brought a point and shoot camera with him but he's not one to have uh, a smartphone with him most of the time so but it's relatively rare that you see a point-and-shoot camera. And now these iPhone cameras are getting up there with uh, DSLRs. The, the pictures that they showed, um, now, do we take them at, they were, at their word that they didn't? Uh, There's an ability of like post-magic. Yeah, I, Apple's pretty good with that. They usually don't. Unlike, there was a phone company a few years ago uh, uh, that they took a picture with a, like a Hasselblad and they, they tried to pass it off on one of their phone pictures, but I don't think Apple's into doing that. They would get discovered way too quickly. But huge improvements for the camera as well. Uh, although it's still 12 megapixels, but at this point, who gives a damn about the megapixels? Right, and then moving from the camera itself to one of the uses of the camera, which is augmented reality, which we've talked about in the past. And so it's, you know, it's, it's kind of coming to pass and I see that they're trying to push it as one of the main um, sorts of cornerstones of the iPhone 8 and beyond. Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty neat. They showed a few apps. The one that really got me was the MLB app where you can kind of be at a baseball game and see the stats of the players in real time, which is pretty neat. Yes, I agree. So um, last summer I went to a NASCAR race and uh, NASCAR themselves has a proprietary um, screen and headphones set that you can rent um, day of race and it sort of does the same thing. But now this kind of democratizes it and puts it in the pockets of people and other aspects, right? Because you had to rent it from a NASCAR kiosk and it was like 20 or 30 bucks for the day, whereas this MLB app now just exists out in the wild and you just you pull out your phone to do it. I think it's I think it's going to be a, a big deal actually with, uh, with the AR and how it's going to work. People are really going to be impressed with it. I thought the game they showed the machines was kind of cool, but I don't, there wasn't a proper explanation of what the game was and some of the aspects yeah. of the game. Like I kind of understood, they kind of really glossed over the the nuts and bolts of the mechanics of it in order to show how cool it looks, I guess. Yeah, it was a bit of, it's like a board game, basically. It's like a board game where you walk around. The only thing is that I wonder if people are going to end up walking into intersections like they did with Pokemon Go, except like more so than it was before. So that was one of the notes I actually had uh, was, you know, how dangerous is this to the human populace or IRL? <laughs> We'll see. So another big feature that they've introduced is wireless uh, charging. So they're using the Qi standard. Yeah, is it Qi? I pronounce it Qi. Yeah. 
Okay. And that shocked me. Apple's not one to shy away from coming out with something completely proprietary, but you can use any charging base with this, which is fantastic. Well, I mean, she's been around for a while, right? So Android has many versions of, of Android phones have had Qi charging for a while. You know, I had a friend who had, who's had a Mat for years and it's actually worked out quite well, but it's interesting that they're partnering up with them. I guess they couldn't make their own wireless standard and also work in terms of like um, in the time frame allotted. So it's just easier to sort of come on board with something well-established in this case. And it's not necessarily like the biggest selling point of the phone. So I think they were willing to concede that they were going to step up and uh, take part in the standard if it meant that they were allowed to present it as, um, you know, part of the iPhone. Phone. Yeah, they have one coming out uh, next year called AirPower, but uh, it's still kind of working off the Qi standard. <laughs> they 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 did the whole thing where they're like, oh, we want to in- inspire other companies to do something better than what's there now. <laughs> so yeah, it's kind I of mean, annoying. Th- but that was definitely good marketing talk. Yeah, some good marketing talk for sure. But uh, I think it's interesting uh, that they actually didn't go with their own, and and anybody could use whatever they want for that, which is great. I. I, I hate calling it wireless because I guess technically it isn't. You're still plugged into something, something, but it's let's say it's it's contact charging. I I really like it with the watch. Uh, it works really well. Um, and see, uh, contact charging to me sounds way more appropriate in this than than wireless because I agree that you do still have to plug the base into a wall socket somewhere. But you know what? It I think people will really. Um, I really enjoy using that, and it's uh, I like it with my watch. Uh, I know people that have you said like you said you know people too that have uh, this so-called wireless charging, and they seem to like it. So great! I think it's it's moving forward finally. The Apple's often behind with a lot of stuff, and this was one thing that they were way behind on. And they're also bumping up. So the smallest iPhone 8 you can get is a 64 gig base for 700 USD. Yeah, it's great actually because uh, I've always had to buy like the second tier, but I think 64 gigabytes at this point for a phone is way more than enough for most people. I mean, my SC right now has 16 and I'm making it work, so... Jesus, 16. <laughs> um, iOS 11 is out September 19th. Are you going to be downloading a day of? Or are you gonna no. Wait? I, well, day of, I usually wait till the evening at least. Um, I A few years ago, I updated right away and I got, uh, I got burnt because I had to restore my whole phone. I didn't lose anything. It just was a hassle. So at this point, I'm waiting. I always wait, and I'm especially. They didn't mention anything about uh, Mac OS High Sierra, High Sierra, which they normally <laughs> they all usually come out at the same time. So we'll have. I know all, my watch and phone will be updated at the same time. Uh, I will wait on my Mac though because of uh, podcast recording things. I do not want any audio issues when we uh, update, uh, and that's something oftentimes that causes a problem is audio. So I won't be updating that. But yes, I will update. To answer your question in a very long and roundabout way, I will most likely update within the first few days. And then the the classic, of course, the last sort of p- big piece of information, the one last thing that Tim Cook couldn't wait to get to is the iPhone X slash 10. Jeez, I'm not <laughs> pleased with that name. I, I thought it was, that X was a placeholder when it was leaked, but they're not calling it X. They're calling it the iPhone 10. Uh, the X is just like the 10 in Mac OS 10. Um, I think that's going to be their point where they stop naming the phone right how they stopped naming you know how is mac os uh, one through nine and then they got to 10 and they just are been stuck at 10 and now it's just mac os i think next year the year after that they're going to just stop i really thought it was this year they're going to start numbering the phones but i think they're going to have to they're going to stop it in a few years with that I think there's going to be some confusion, right? Because there's the iPhone 8 and then the X. And so I feel like some people ask where the 9 went um, down the line who aren't paying attention. Look, the vast majority of people 
are not like us where they think about these things and they, they do research and they know what phones are available and what to buy. Yeah, the iPhone X um, slash 10. I'm going to call it the X because I'm staring at the letter X. And I know it means 10 in Roman numerals, but I don't care. Please don't um, call it the X. No, yeah. Uh, so it has a, a, a full screen, right? So it has this like seamless aesthetic to it, right? So back then, you know, even if you grab your iPhone 6 or your 7, uh, your, an 8, right? You have the, the bars at the top of the bottom and your screen's sort of in the middle, whereas the entire face is now um, screen. Well, so that's not necessarily true, right? Something I noticed and bothered me quite a bit is when they when Craig uh, Frederigi was going through the, um, the the photos and videos, that notch cuts into the video. Oh, that's a very good point, actually. I don't like that. I even noticed when they were playing a game, it kind of cuts into the screen. I don't know if that's going to get fixed or something. I thought at least you would make that a black bar there across the whole notch so it wouldn't look like, but it like let's say you're watching a movie well it's going to cut into the screen that looks really ridiculous that's very very true yeah so that's one of the things i noted here is also another problem that i've i could see in the futures right is that you can you can tap on your screen to turn it on but how does that work in a pocket or a purse where there are multiple objects of, of some weight touching your screen right is your screen going to flash on and off all day no it won't i think unless you have hot dogs in your pocket you'll be fine <laughs> Uh, I think it's capacitive, so I don't. I don't think that's a worry. My watch, um, I can touch it to a desk or whatever. It won't turn on. I have to actually touch it with my finger. Right. I just think it's because it's a larger surface. I'm kind of interested to see how that plays out too. Maybe. Yeah. I, I'm curious to see too. Like if people's batteries are dying after two hours because it's constantly on in their pocket, uh, that could make for something interesting. The other thing is we didn't mention was that um, they have a new chip in all these phones. It's the same chip, interestingly. So it's the. The phones in terms of speed and feeds and all that will be exactly the same. Uh, it's this A11 Bionic chip. So that's a weird name, the Bionic. And it has this uh, new true depth camera system that works with this A11 Bionic chip neural engine. Doesn't that sound ominous to you? Well, it definitely does. I mean, you're, they're collecting biometrics for the one world government, obviously. And uh, Siri is going to take over the world. We know she's threatened <laughs> me. So, so my, my next point too is uh, I, I wrote this as a question, uh, which is the, the big thing too, is just so there's no home button, right? Uh, I also wrote face IDs in the house, question mark. Yeah, the face ID, it seems to work, except for the first time it gets introduced to the world, it doesn't work for, for, for Craig Federighi. So uh, funnily enough, as that happened, uh, someone on Reddit had posted an image or um, picture that pointed out that allegedly, um, right after the failed attempt at Face ID, Apple stock went down 0.8%. Yeah, that's really silly because who cares? These things are going to, it's going to work fine. They're not going to release it without it working properly. They still have until like November to get it to work well. Uh, I'm not too worried about it working and it seems like it'll probably work as well, if not better than Touch ID. Touch ID has never been perfect. It's really good. And I can't ever go back to a phone not having it. Uh, but if I'm going to not have it, it better be something better than what's there now. Um, so they seem to have put a lot of thought into this, a lot of work into this. They had those creepy masks they used to yeah. test it. Um, it, it. The only thing he said was that if you, if you have like a, a, a family member, that's the only time it can possibly have a higher rate of, of error in terms of, a, of somebody being able to unlock it. And I didn't know that in, with Touch ID, it was a one in 50,000 chance that some random person could unlock your phone. But now yeah. it's a one in a million chance. 
because that the, initially like as they're introducing face id i had those kinds of questions right like what if you wear glasses what if you are like me and you change your facial style and, and so a lot of that stuff was answered uh, very quickly with those creepy masks that they yeah. were using so i thought that was very interesting i think too a lot of the stuff that they were talking about today and i, I was making this point as i was texting you during the presentation it's just about refinement right so it's the better camera the better battery life the more comprehensive tools that you can use in your day-to-day yeah the there's a lot of interesting things that are they're going to do with it is it is it going to make me go out and buy this phone in November? No, I'm not going to buy this phone. I'm going to get it. I'm going to get, if I get a new phone in the next year, it'll probably be one of the eights, not this fancy new one. But who knows? I say that now, but in six or seven months when I'm due for a new phone, I might buy something else. Who knows? I'm happy with my success right now. Do you think a price point is something that's big for you in terms of selecting either the eight or the 10? When it comes, like it's what, it's a difference. It's 699 to 99 It's $300 American. That's a lot of money. So yeah. yes, it it makes a huge uh, a huge difference. I don't know if the 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 eight plus is too big for me. I've held the, the plus phones and they feel like they're way too chunky. I might change my mind. This one, in terms of screen size, is bigger, but it's actually way smaller than this than the than the plus. So that would play something into it. But yeah, four hundred Canadian dollars is which is probably what it's going to be is a lot for me to swallow at this point. Um, it, it would have to be a really good deal with a carrier or something. So I don't know. Um, I'm, I'm luckily not in the position where I need to buy a new phone this year. So I'm, I'm just going to sit back and watch what happens. Um, so what you're saying is you don't want to use an emoji. Yeah. I was about to get there. Yeah, exactly. I won't get to use the <laughs> an emoji, uh, with, um, with it. And it was kind of funny when Craig used it to, uh, contact Tim, he wanted to reserve the Fox for himself. And what did Tim use? He used the alien. Yep. He, he's an, he's a double density fan. I'm sure. Tim Cook, if you're out there and you want to go ahead and tweet at us, you can reach us on Twitter, double underscore density. We'd love to see more an emoji action from you, uh, maybe even big upping double density, right? That would be pretty great. <laughs> so yeah, and emoji is really interesting that it uses the facial mapping and allows you to do different things, um, sort of like wearing a mask, right? And uh, Craig was also using uh, uh, Snapchat filters at one point uh, with a lot more um, depth to the mapping than there currently is with the filters. Those are really incredibly made. Uh, I guess they've been working with Snapchat uh, in the lead up to this. And I don't use Snapchat. It hasn't been installed on my phone, but I know the the young children enjoy playing with the Snapchats and I'm sure they're going to really like it. And I love this comment about all this innovation leading up to a talking poop emoji. Yeah, <laughs> that was pretty much the pinnacle of it, right? Yeah. And I think it's also, uh, anyways, like I can get into like um, a hyperbolic sort of thing, but that's like the, the pinnacle of Appleness of the cult of Apple that they allow these things to happen as jokes, but whatever. Yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of funny. It's, I find sometimes they take themselves too seriously and sometimes they do stuff like that, which, which kind of brings it all back into balance. So uh, you got to take, take everything as it is with Apple. They're kind of, they're a strange company at this point all the churchy stuff vibe at the beginning to the playfulness. I, I really like uh, Craig Federighi whenever he does a presentation. He's, he seems like a genuinely happy person to be doing what he does. I love those eyebrows too. He's got great brows and really good hair. Uh, secondarily, I guess, or ter- like getting into tertiary stuff, like what did you think of the Steve Jobs Theater itself? It kind of looked really cool. Yeah, it looks really nice. I, it looks like they'd be an amazing place to have a concert. The acoustics are probably fantastic in there. And it's interesting, when I saw how... They were presenting at the beginning. I put a note down saying they're going to have a music act to close the show. I was wrong. 
And they didn't. They did not. I'm actually surprised that they didn't. Um, uh, here's a question for you, actually, uh, because you've been tracking the rumors a lot more than I have. Um, do you feel like the rumors themselves, as well as their validation, um, lessened the impact of the keynote because everything kind of got leaked pretty much like ahead of time, right? For sure. The the one more thing wasn't uh, as one more uh, thingish as it was in the past when there were like no leaks. Uh, the Apple Watch was a little more interesting when that came out because nobody knew what it was. The the HomePod, nobody knew what it was going to look like. So, uh, the, and those are the recent ones. In previous years, uh, Apple was really good at keeping everything under wraps. Uh, this time, everything leaked. But it's not like it, they ruined the movie or anything. These are just phones. At this, at the end of the day, it's just phones and stuff that help us get gets our get our work done, get us entertained, and all that. So. Uh, yeah, it kind of sucks for Apple that they didn't get to show off what they wanted to show off on their own terms. And I'm sure uh, people at work there are really disappointed that all this stuff leaked. And whoever leaked it, um, I, I had posited that it was maybe like a troll from Apple and all that stuff was fake. But no, it was all true. And whoever leaked it is going to be in big trouble. By the end of this week, by the end of last week, everything was pretty much out there down to the fact that there were three iPhones, you know, the some name. of the watch stuff had leaked, the size, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's, it's kind of sad that that happened, but these things happen. Uh, it's the, the thing is, is that the leaks are coming from Apple. They're not even coming from uh, the, the supply chain anymore. They're coming from, from inside the house. Yeah. <laughs> Um, something interesting that you noted and something you uh, have talked about historically is this there's always a story to tell with Apple right and especially these iPhones um, do you feel like um, in this wave of marketing they're they're able to tell stories with the 8 and the 10 not as well as they could before but yeah the story with these is for the for the iPhone 8 and 8 plus there's no real story it's just an innovation of the same iPhone it's not a huge leap with the new one though they they kind of took a shot at their competitors again and said you know this is the first time an oled display has actually been good enough to use in a phone it has nothing to do with the fact that they couldn't get one to work properly i guess who knows but it, it is a i think it's 458 ppi or uh, pixels per inch and uh, it's the highest ever on an iphone and it's the first time it's good enough for a phone so that's their story this is they're doing this now because this is the appropriate time it's a leap forward for smartphone technology um, they got everything in there that they wanted to it's going to be easier to use for everyone apparently with the face id and all that more secure we'll see once these things are on the wild at the end of the year and more pervasively next year once they uh they actually start shipping in numbers right now. I think it's going to be highly limited. Yeah, and uh, so start shipping a lot of these. Some of some of the stuff starts shipping in a couple of weeks, but um, the ten starts shipping in November, I believe. Yeah, you can start ordering on October twenty seventh, day after my birthday, same day Super Mario Odyssey comes out, and then you can start getting them a week or two later. Um, they're going to be hard to get at first for sure. A couple more things, actually. Um, yeah. Do you feel like uh, these iPhones met expectations? So the eight. And A plus are more of the same, pretty much. Except, I do like their glass back, so that is a bit of a a change. So that I think that's what prompted them to change them from the seven. It's not a seven S; it's an eight because the actual case is different. That's the seven is going to go down as an anomaly where they couldn't make any changes to the phone for that year, and they just had to kind of like call it a seven. the The new one is pretty interesting looking. It's it's really nice. It's it's as nice as uh, the new Samsung phones for sure. 
but I mean, Apple's always been really strong in aesthetics. Like there's never been a classically ugly Apple product, even from its inception in the late seventies, right? When you really think about it. Yeah. I'm sure you can go back and find some ugly Apple products, but, uh, for sure. But I mean, it's, it's, it's an exception to the, to yeah, the the Apple's itself. always done a good job with that. They, but is this going to be successful? It's an interesting experiment they're making, right? They, at the end, they showed this huge lineup of phones, right? They have like the SE, they have the 6S, they have the 7, they have the 8, and now they have the X or the 10, sorry. So it's, it's a really huge lineup of phones and they're becoming more uh, like other uh, phone manufacturers where they have this whole lineup of phones for every, at every budget point, which is, I think, a smart play on Apple's, on Apple's side because they, they traditionally haven't had a good budget uh, conscious model. And now you can, if you want an iPhone, you can get an iPhone and you'll know it'll, you'll get all the, the quality there and the support from Apple that you'll get that unfortunately a lot of companies don't offer. Right, and I agree. It's a great entry point for people who want to try out an Apple phone but don't necessarily want to spend 500 plus dollars. Yeah, uh, the SE is a good example. I, I know that if uh, my wife's iPhone 5S were to spontaneously combust and we needed a new phone, it would probably be an SE because I can go to the store and just afford to buy one without too much issue. So any final thoughts about this keynote presentation, um, the new line of products, your thoughts and opinions on your personal Lord and Savior, the Apple? So yeah, you say that, but like, I think that whole church thing at the beginning, we kind of joked about it, but it was, it was, I didn't like that vibe. I, I did appreciate them with the tribute to Steve Jobs, which was appropriate, but it kind of was a bit odd, the whole um it's just the way they kind of talk about their retail stores and all that and how it's going to be a community. It was, it was interesting and sort of creepy at the same time, but I get it, I guess. It's not something I would do. It's not like, hey, buddy, let's go hang out at the Apple store. The Apple Town Square. Yeah, I, Apple Square. Yeah, sorry. It's, uh, although they have the interesting thing of wanting to have local artists play there and all that, and there's some great educational seminars that they do, so that's good. It's just... It's it's almost a bit much at a certain point. That part was interesting. The the whole the Apple TV was boring. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, straight like up seriously. It. And for, I think as we've said before, until they acquire some content themselves that they can stream, it's a dead issue. Yeah, I and this is coming from somebody who who has had an Apple TV since 2011. I use it. It gets used all the time. I really like it. Um, when I bought this Apple TV a few years ago, it was priced properly. It was it wasn't too expensive. But they've kept it at the same price now. Like, lower the price. Come on. Uh, and put the Apple 4K TV at a better price where at least you can compete. I guess they don't really care, right? They're at the point where, yeah, if we sell them, we sell them. It doesn't matter. Uh, they make all their money off iPhones anyway. But I still think that they can be a little more competitive with the Apple TV. The Apple Watch, really great refinements there. Um, I think it's a good watch. The, uh, the Series 3 is the one to get at this point. Uh, last year I was saying, you know, the Series 1 is still a pretty good watch because it's not you had the same processor as the Series 2. And if you didn't really care about GPS or swimming, you'd do fine with the Series 1. Now, they still have the Series 1, which I guess maybe that's why they kept it, right? The Series 2... is a lower entry for entry. Uh, yeah. For entry. But I, I just wish they would have kind of lowered that Series 2 because now I guess they have it around because the processor was the same. And if you didn't want a GPS, you got the Series 1 anyway. So now if you want the GPS, you kind of have to get the... Um, the the actual uh, series three. So who knows? I don't know what the reasoning was there, but I guess there there's something there. They're kind of smart over there. I'm sure they figured out why. Uh, but yeah, the phones were the big deal. 
really interesting refinements to the phone, the iPhone 10. Curious to see how it pans out once people get them in their hands and start reviewing them. Um, I just hope the reviews are can see past the the like all the the G Wiz Wow factor of it and uh, take it on its merits and see if it actually does what it says it does and is a a good improvement over what we've been used to with these phones with a home button with an actual uh, full like without the screen taking up the whole thing. We'll see how it goes. Uh, Touch ID is going to be missed by a lot of people, so it has to be a really, really good um, security measure to beat what Touch ID was and how well it worked. So we'll see. I also think it's a it's a big retraining of the brain, right? Because you're so used, especially when you're grabbing your phone dozens, if not hundreds, of times a day. To you know, you're you're posing your thumb to get that Touch ID open. Now you don't even uh, need to do that. So I feel like it's going to be a lot of retraining for a lot of people, and I feel like there's going to be a certain amount of, of frustration from the get-go anyways. I'm thinking, though, the people that are going to spend this amount of money on this phone are going to be the ones that can pick that up real quickly. It's not like some grandma's going to go into the store or like, uh, that's, that's mean to say that, but like, like some some person that's not very knowledgeable about technology is not is not going to just go into the store and just pick up this brand new phone. That's not going to be happening for a few years. So by then, I think people are going to be trained to understand how these iPhones work. Uh, but yes, it is going to be a big uh, step and steep learning curve. Final thoughts for me on the uh, high end, so the plus end, um, the AR coming to the 8 and the 10, I think is really, really cool. The wireless charging, I think is great. Um, I'm interested to see where Face ID on the 10 goes. Um, and emoji, I feel, uh, will uh, take the internet by storm. And I'm going to say we're going to see a lot of different memes coming up in the different year, the new year, uh, with that involved. On the lower end of things, of course, is the retail and um the Apple TV, I don't really care for. I don't really have a use for it. And until there is that sort of hook that'll get me in, I don't really care for it. The Apple Watch seems cool. Uh, we're on the market for a watch like that. I definitely would consider it. And 400 bucks isn't a huge um, price point for me necessarily um, to pay for a watch that does all those things. It's it. The watch is really great. I use it every day. I really like it. And I, if I, if something would happen to my current Apple Watch, I would probably go out and buy a new one. There you go. So uh, this has been our first bonus episode of Double Nancy. How do you feel, Angelo? This one great. I think we I rambled a little more than I wanted to. We were trying to keep it at a certain amount of time. Hopefully, um, we met that goal. This will be great. Hopefully, we can actually do this from time to time. So to anyone listening to us for the first time, you can come back and check us out. We have new episodes every Sunday night slash Monday morning. So our, uh, we usually talk about a mix of tech and paranormal. So this bonus uh, a bonus episode is uh, tech only, but we try to touch the two and we try to lighten the mood with both subjects. You can find us over at doubleidentity.net if you want to check out all of our episodes there. There, You can also reach out through uh, social media and find us. So on Twitter, as I was mentioning before, double underscore density. We're at facebook.com slash double density podcast and on Instagram under the username double density podcast i really hope you've enjoyed what you've heard so you can tune in next week as we discuss a myriad number of other topics both tech and paranormal see ya